Amen. Well, you can be seated. I bet you'll never guess what scripture we're going to read today. This is an easy one, right? Well, this year we've been journeying through the Gospel of Luke for the last few Sundays. So this year we're going to read the Palm Sunday account out of Luke's Gospel. And it actually picks up right where we've left off from the last two Sundays in Luke. We're in Luke chapter 19, verses 28 through 44. And uh, I know you just sat down, but let's all stand one more time for the reading of the word of the Lord this morning as, as we read this good news of Jesus arriving. Luke chapter 19, verses 28 through 44. After he had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. When he had come near Bethphage and Bethany at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of the disciples saying, Go into the village ahead of you. And as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Just say this, the Lord needs it. So those who were departed and found it as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They said, the Lord needs it. Then they brought it to Jesus, and after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. As he rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. As he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. But he answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. And he came here and saw the city. He wept over it, saying, If you, even you, had only recognized on this day the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. Indeed, the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up ramparts around you and surround you and hem you in on every side. They will crush you to the ground, you and your children within you, and they will not leave within you one stone upon another, because you did not recognize the time of your visitation from God. This is the word of the Lord, and we can say, thanks be to God. You can be seated. Uh, I'm going to invite the kids back up. If I could get you guys to come, just sit on the front pew here. Um, we're going to watch a video together, and then I want to talk for just a minute to you. The story of Easter. The triumphal entry. This is Jesus. Heyo! Who is the Son of God and the Savior of the world. While Jesus was on earth, he taught everyone about God's love and healed people from their sickness. He did many miracles like calming worms and even raised people from the dead. At this time, the Jewish people were celebrating a festival called Passover that had been celebrated since the time of Moses when God brought his people out of Egypt. So Jesus was going to Jerusalem to celebrate. Jesus and his disciples stopped in the town. You coming? And Jesus told two of his disciples to go on ahead of them. Eh, okay. He told them to go into a village and that they would see a young donkey that no one had ever ridden. Rock! He told them to untie it and bring it to him. 
If anyone asks, what are you doing? He told them to just say, the Lord needs it and we'll return it soon. So the disciples did what Jesus said and brought him the donkey. A long time ago, before Jesus was even born, God had said that the Savior, the King of Israel, would come to Israel in this way. And now Jesus was doing just as God had said. The news that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem swept through the city. Many heard about all the amazing things he had done, so they cut palm branches and ran to see him. The Pharisees and religious rulers realized that there was nothing they could do, for everyone was going to see Jesus. Jesus rode into the city of Jerusalem, and the crowd spread their coats on the road ahead of him. His followers began to shout and sing as they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles they had seen. The Pharisees were upset. And they told Jesus to stop the people from saying things like that. But Jesus said, if they keep quiet, the stones along the road would burst into tears. So the people kept on singing, blessings on the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in highest heaven. The entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered, asking, who is this? And the crowds replied, it's Jesus. And Jesus rode the donkey through the street of Jerusalem to the temple in a triumphal entry, just as God said he would many years before. Have you ever, have you ever thought about the fact that people lived before Jesus came? Have you thought about that? You have thought about Have you thought about that, Sam? That there were people alive before Jesus was alive. Yeah, Adam and Eve were. Anybody we read about the old, in the Old Testament, Moses, Jonah, who you guys just finished learning about, they were all lived before Jesus, right? So before Jesus came, there was a whole different way to talk to God and to relate to God, and people had to bring sacrifices. They had to bring stuff with them to worship, and they had to give it. And, but the whole time that this was going on, you know what they were hearing? They were hearing, there's somebody coming that's going to change all of this. There's somebody coming who's going to save you. But they didn't know who he was. So they, they were always praying, God, send him. God, send our Messiah. Send the one. And so today in the video we watched, what are they saying to Jesus? What are the people saying in the crowd? What did we sing? What song did you sing? Hosanna. Yeah. So they're proclaiming, they're saying, hey, this is the guy. This is the person we've been waiting for. And that was such good news because now they knew that they were going to be able to know God better. Which, that's always good, right? Do you, do you want to know more about God? Yeah. So it was great for them, right? Now God was right in front of them. And now things would never be the same. And did you catch what the, the funny dressed guys said uh, toward the end as Jesus came in, what did, what did they say to Jesus? Yeah, they told, he said, hey, tell them to calm down. And what did Jesus say? No, not quite. 
Yeah, into cheers. Yeah, that's right. So the stones would cry out, right? And so, so Jesus was saying, hey, they're doing the right thing. So, so today, as we sang Hosanna, and we waved our palm branches just like they did in the video, just like the people did when Jesus came into town, we are saying we believe that Jesus is our one way to God, right? So how many ways are there to God? One, that's right. And who is it? Right, absolutely. So today, as I'm preaching, I'm going to tell this story three different times, okay? So I want you to listen each time that I tell it. It's going to be a little bit different, okay? And then afterwards, I want you to tell me which one you like the best, okay? All right. Well, you guys can go sit with your parents, or you can sit right there if you want to. (laughs) Hannah's going to sit front and center. Well, it's Palm Sunday. What a glorious event, right? What it would have been like to be in that crowd, to be one of those people. You see, if you had the chance to be with us for the Passover meal this, this past Monday night, you would have realized that, that everything that you had done in Passover every year, every story your parents had told, everything that you believed was all about the Messiah coming. But we just we didn't know when. But today is the day that we that everyone proclaimed he's here. You see, Luke's account is quite interesting of this. We we get the triumphal entry in all the gospels, but Luke's is kind of different than the others in a few ways. First off, did anyone notice what word was not said as I read the scripture or as we watched the video? Hosanna. Luke's gospel is the one that doesn't use the word Hosanna. Everyone ask me why. I don't know. <laughs> but essentially, we, because in the other gospels, we, we know that that's a phrase that was used. And as, as the people cried out, Hosanna, Hosanna actually is a cry for saving. It's a cry, they were saying, save us, save us. So it's kind of interesting that we don't have the word Hosanna used, but still we're praise to God and crying out to Him. Does it matter if they don't use the word Hosanna? Absolutely not. But it is a normal Palm Sunday word, so we, we're going to use it today. For the last few weeks, we've been in Luke 19, as we led up to today. The story of Zacchaeus climbing the tree, right? Learning about having a posture of response. Then last week, we talked about the parable that Jesus told of the ten mina, or the ten pounds, or the ten whichever translation you want to read. But we emphasized having an attitude of response, a posture of response, even with our gifts. Because Jesus says to put them to work. Then in Luke's gospel, the very next event that we have on record is the triumphal entry. Here we are. There are some unique parts to this story that we could focus in on today. And one one of those aspects is that Jesus rode into town on a colt. This was to fulfill the prophecy given in the Old Testament. In Zechariah chapter 9, it says, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See your king comes to you. Righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the fowl of a donkey. So as Jesus rides in, the people are very excited because they would have known this prophecy. They would have known this text. The Pharisees are not too happy about the ruckus, so they tell Jesus to be quiet 
And Jesus responds, as we already said, that if they're quiet, the rocks will cry out. Now, today, I want to ask you where you relate in this story. So I'm going to help you think through that a little bit. Our first option today, with who you might be in this story, you might be the owner of the cult. Imagine with me, if you will, that you wake up one morning and you go out to tend to your animals. You make sure that the goats, the sheep, the chickens, the donkeys, they all have their food and their water. No predators got in that night. Everyone's safe and sound. So you grab a couple of eggs out of the chicken coop and you go inside to make some breakfast, right? Just as you do every morning. You scramble the eggs and you make some toast. Well, then you put jelly on the toast because what's toast without jelly? And you sit in your little breakfast nook that overlooks your farm. And you're giving thanks to God for this beautiful farmland, for all of your animals, and for this wonderful jelly toast that you're eating. But as you're almost finished eating, you look out the window and you see two guys coming over the property line. You kind of think, oh, all right, maybe they're just passing through, maybe they're just kids, who knows. But you watch a little bit longer, and they seem to be coming right towards your area, right towards your house. So, and you realize that these guys kind of seem like they know what they're after. So you look at your plate and there's not much left. So you just give the last few scraps to the dog and you get up from the table and you walk out on the porch and you realize that those guys are already in your donkey pen. And you think, huh, some nerve. So you cry out, hey, hey, you guys, why, why are you taking my donkey? And all they say to you is the Lord needs it. And you think to yourself, hmm, God, the Lord, needs my little donkey. Hmm. You named him Brock, because that's just a cool donkey name. And you think, Brock, huh? God needs Brock. And I had Brock when God needed it. That's pretty awesome. Sure, take my donkey. And you go back inside, and you sit down at your table, and you overlook the farmland, and you say, thank you, God for providing this so that I could give to you when you needed it. So that's option number one. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're the, the, the owner of the donkey. What an honor for God to use Brock, your donkey. Or maybe you identify with the crowd. Let's think about this. Imagine with me, if you will. Maybe you've heard a lot about Jesus. You've heard stories from your cousin and from your co-worker that they were at a wedding and they saw him turn water into wine. Or, or that, that your neighbor, their son was almost dead and Jesus showed up. And now their son is healthy and well. Or maybe you got a letter from someone a few towns over that you went to school with and they said, Hey, this guy came through and that beggar that always annoyed us on the street corner that couldn't walk... He now works the farm down the street because he encountered Jesus. and He can provide for his family and he can walk. But you've never, you've never seen Jesus. You just keep hearing these miraculous stories. So you think, alright, if he's ever close, I'll show up. I'll, I'll give him a chance. I'll go see what this guy's all about. So after all that you've been through, you know that, that something's got to give. And maybe this guy really is the saver. Savior, And if he is, you want to be on his side, right? You've heard all about the Messiah. We want to be on his good side. So you hear that he's coming to town, 
and, and everyone else is grabbing palm branches. And you don't really know why, but you go and, and you grab some palm branches and you go running down the street too, just like we saw in the video. So you take off. <clears throat> I mean, it is time for Passover, and everyone is already making their way into town. And you think about it, there there's already been a lot of donkeys and horses that have walked the road before you. So again, picture if you will, donkeys and horses don't leave a clean road as they're traveling, if you get what I'm saying. They leave some things behind for you to clean up. If this guy really is the Messiah, he doesn't need to ride in a nasty road that's filled with junk and smells horrible. So, some of them begin to even throw their cloaks. And you think, that's not a bad idea. It's a little warm out today anyways. And you take your outer layer and you throw it down on the ground. And you go grab a few more branches and you wave them and you place them on the ground. Because if this really is the Messiah, if he is who he says he is, he does not need to be walking on a street filled with leftovers from other donkeys. But then you see a small group of of kind of weirdly dressed guys off in the distance. And you've heard about them, that their names are the Pharisees, and that they're not bad people. They just think they know it all. They think they've got it all together. And so you see them, and they're, they're obviously dressed differently than everyone. And while everyone's screaming and shouting, there the Pharisees are with their arms crossed like this. And you see them confront Jesus, and they say, Hey, cut it out. Tell them all to be quiet. But then you hear Jesus say something quite strange. He says, if they're not shouting out, the rocks will. And you think, oh my word, what in the world does that mean? Hmm. You don't know what's going on. But it seems like this is something you want to be a part of. All right, option number three. Maybe, just maybe, we can identify with Brock, the donkey, the colt. I mean, think about it. Imagine if you will. You're just outside one morning, doing what donkeys do in the morning. Not much. I did watch a couple videos about donkeys in preparation for the sermon, and they helped none. But I do, I've never, I don't think I've ever pet a donkey, but they are pretty neat little animals and they can actually make pretty decent pets if you have the land. So I don't want you to think negatively about donkeys here. You know, we always think of like stubborn as a mule. Let's not think that. They're nice, cuddly animals around their family members. <clears throat> but you're doing whatever donkeys do in the morning. And, and you're so young, you're still trying to learn the lay of the land on the farm. Oh, when the chickens do this, we do this. When the cows do this, we do this. All right. And you realize that that you and, and the others that look like you, you move a little bit slower than the other animals. And that's all right. There are animals that are bigger than you, and there's animals that are stronger than you. But then there's those smaller animals that are running around that you think, hmm, they're tiny. They must be babies too. You've seen your owner use the eggs from some of those animals, but you don't produce anything of value like that. He doesn't come and get eggs from you every day. You just seem to walk around and eat grass. And that's about it. Hmm. 
Then one day you see these two creatures walking on two legs coming towards you. And you realize, oh, they walk just like my master walks. Kind of upright on two legs and it kind of looks weird, but you're not the boss. And then they, your dad starts to fuss and cry out a little bit as they get closer. And then you realize that they're in your pen and they are walking directly toward you. What in the world could they want with one of us? We're donkeys. You look around and your whole clan seems disturbed that these men are around and in the pen. But then before you know it, they're untying you from your post. Your master just tied you up there this morning while he ate his breakfast. Why in the world are these creatures taking you? Then you see your master come out on the porch and call them in. Whatever they said seemed to be okay with the master because he returned to the house. You walk a couple of miles with these men and they're really nice. They're petting you, they're talking to you, and they seem excited about whatever's going on. Then you reach a road and find a group of men. They're waiting on you. They put some guy on top of you and they turn you toward Jerusalem. You see, you've never been to Jerusalem, but your dad has. He's been taken into town several times to carry things back. It seems much greater than your dad talked about. As you enter, there are tons of people clapping and they're shouting. They're shouting for you and they're even putting things down so that you don't have to walk on that mess that that, that donkey before you left. Wow, this is awesome. Why has dad not raved about Jerusalem before? There are some that seem like they're not too happy that you're there. But wait. They're not talking to you. They're talking to the guy on top of you. You see, nobody's ever ridden on you before, and, and you didn't even know that people could ride on you. But he's there, and, and these people don't seem disturbed to see you, a donkey. They seem disturbed to see the guy on your back. Maybe this is all about him. Maybe it's not about you. Maybe you are just another donkey that eats grass and doesn't do much good. It must be for him. You see, Dad never talked about people covering the road for him. Maybe you're not special, but the one that you're carrying is. Because these people, they seem really excited to see him. So why did I just tell you the story three more times? You see, I think we really do relate to different characters in this story. Yet, I believe that God is calling us to be one character in this story. You see, I believe that, that Palm Sunday has something for us other than just setting the way for Easter. Easter is important and we're going to get there. But God wants us to learn something from this text today. You see, I think we really could. We, we can relate to the donkey owner, and it's important that we be the donkey owner in some points. When, when God asks for what we have, we respond, and we give it, and sometimes it doesn't involve any more work from us. We just give, and God says, thank you, you've done well. And you know, sometimes we are the crowd. We join in and worship together, and we lift our hands, and we proclaim Hosanna. But I don't think those are who we are. If we were, then we would just be going with the flow. Everyone else is excited, so you're excited. 
And if everyone else got upset, you would probably get upset too. Easy as that. Yes, we're to be willing to let God use what we have. But all he has to do, all that the owner had to do was make one choice. Church, I believe that the message of the triumphal entry goes beyond just fulfilling the prophecy. While it is important to begin the events of Holy Week, I, th- I think that there is something for that's in us to- today. It is not just about preparing for next week. I think in this story, God wants us to be the donkey. We are to prepare the way of the Lord. Because you see, church, we, we're not the Savior of our community. We're not the one that people are going to rave about. We are not Jesus. But you know what we are? We are his ride into town. Yesterday we had easily over 100 people on this campus. And you know, what we did yesterday, we, I, I did get to share the gospel with the kids. We did, and that was excellent. But what we did yesterday is we began to ask what it looks like if we really are the way for Jesus to enter into the community. How can we do that? So I need to brag on you first. The amount of volunteers that we had yesterday was excellent. Absolutely phenomenal. Had we only had six or eight volunteers yesterday, we would have been drastically overwhelmed. And we would have thought, man, we weren't ready for this. But yesterday, we had enough people that as people were eating and showing up, we, we had people that could just go walk up and greet them and meet, talk and say, oh, the bathroom's over here. That was excellent. Absolutely excellent. Yesterday at about 2.30, I got to stand right here, and we had, uh, we counted, our, our number was about 50 kids here yesterday. And then each of them had one or two parents. Um, so when I stood here at 2.30 yesterday, there was probably 100 people in this sanctuary. And you know what I got to say to them? I got to look them in the face and I got to say, God knows you, God loves you, and God died for you. And I had them repeat that back to me. And we walked through the story of Easter in a rather quick manner <clears throat> to keep kids engaged and, and attentive. And then, you know what we had the opportunity to do? I prayed with those kids, and I prayed for their lives and for their families, and then I invited them to pray along with me. And you know what I heard? I heard one voice that wasn't on the front row. They weren't in the second row. They were in the very back. And when I said, Dear Jesus, the sweetest, softest little voice said, Dear Jesus. Church, it's worth it. It is worth it. Do I know who said those words? I don't. But did we as the church step up and plant a seed yesterday? We absolutely did, and I couldn't be more proud. The community knows that we care. There were people here that went yesterday that go to other churches, and they told me, they said, thank you for doing this. This was a safe place, and we came here because of one thing in the flyer. It said that you were going to share the story of Easter. And that's why we're here. And I thought, man, thanks be to God. 
But let me tell you, church, what we did yesterday, we took one step toward Jerusalem. We are nowhere close. And I can tell you why I know that, because we as Christians look over our city in the same way that Jesus looks over Jerusalem at the end of our text today, and he wept. And he just said, ah, you're missing it. You're missing it. And so I'm so thankful, Leah, yesterday. Thank you for your leadership. It was countless hours. Church, thank you for volunteering and being here and being here early and tearing down and putting everything away. We've only just begun. The good news is, is that we're not in this alone. There's good Bible-based churches all over our area that are doing good work, and we are partnering with them. But church, I really do believe that the message of Palm Sunday is that we as the church are the donkey. And Jesus is saying, it's about me. I'm going to do the work. Can you just get me into town? Put me on your back and take me with you. You're already going. Take me with you. I need to be there. You see, we can ask, what if the donkey owner had said no? Then Jesus wouldn't have had the colds, and then the people would have been like, ah, this isn't what the prophecy said. But you see, we as the church, we have got to put Jesus on our back and say, where are we going today? Where do you need us to go? That's going to take time. It's going to take energy. It's going to take money. It's going to take resources. But church, it is so worth it. So worth it to hear that one small voice say those words, Dear Jesus, and invite Jesus to become Lord of their life. You see... Jesus participated in the triumphal entry knowing what was to come. But he knew this needed to happen. So we, we're kind of in a strange place on the side of Easter and knowing the events that unfold and what's going to go on. And we understand that, that as our king, as we carry him into our community, that he is a risen Savior, that he's been broken. But the people won't know that until we tell them the story. Until we are the donkey and we, and we say, Jesus, come on, we want to do, we want to go where you want us to go. We want to be where you want us to be. And that's, that's for us as individuals and for us as a church. And you know what that looks like? That looks like us praying prayers of God, show us, show us what this looks like. You know, show us what's next in our community. What, what does it look like for us to take you into Gainesville? What does it look like for us to take you into Hall County? What does it look like for us to take you into our schools, into our workplaces. So I hope today that we are challenged by the message of Palm Sunday that says, hey, it's not about you. It's not about Ryan. It's not about Gainesville Church of the Nazarene. But it's about the one whose name we bear, the Nazarene, Jesus our Lord. So today, again, I just want to give a big thank you to everyone that was involved yesterday. And just be ready for more.
we keep going. We keep moving forward. Because yesterday we met needs. Yesterday we made connections. And there's 50 children in this community that now know, hey, the people up at that church, they were nice and they loved on me and they, they cared about me and they gave us a great afternoon. And in the midst of that, they're coming to know the Savior whom we're carrying. Well, I invite you today, would you stand with me as we pray together? If, if you want to pray specifically for yourself today on, on, on Jesus, where do you need to go this week? Where do you need me to be your ride into? Or maybe you want to pray for us as a church as we say, God, what's next? What does tomorrow look like? Where do we need to be? How do we need to do it? Show us the way. Let's go to the Lord in prayer together. God, today may we be challenged by the story of Palm Sunday to celebrate that you are king, to celebrate that you've chosen us to be the way in which your story is shared and told. God, may we take that responsibility seriously. May we know that we have work to do and then it's cost us some time and some energy and maybe some money and resources. But God, it help us to know it's worth it, that there's no better way we could spend our time and resources than bringing people to you. Lord, so that the, when, when the world turns on you on Friday, that we still proclaim, no, 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 that's my king. That's our king, that's our leader, the Messiah, Jesus the Christ. God, challenge us this week as we go in, into schools and into jobs and even in our own homes where there may be someone that needs to experience you, Lord. May we be open to how you want to use as individuals and as a church to bear your name, to bring you into town and say, Lord, have your way here because we so desperately need it. We need you. We cry out to you. We proclaim Hosanna. We say, save us, Lord. Save us. Use us. Search us and bless us today. And it's in the precious name of Jesus we pray. And all God's people said, amen. So today I want to leave you with a blessing to go about the world being the way in which Jesus is brought into town and shared. So would you go from this place today, a people of grace and mercy that reflect the love of a crucified, buried, and resurrected Messiah. Would you go in his grace and peace today? Amen.